And now, weighing in out of the blue corner, Josh the Pong Thompson. 100%. And on the other mic, he weighs in from the red corner, Big John McCarthy. Well, hello to everyone tuning in to the Weighing In Podcast. It is my man, Josh Thompson, and me, John McCarthy. And we're going to talk about everything that happened this week. There was a ton of fights taking place in MMA. There was the World MMA Awards that went out. We'll talk about just a little bit in that. So many things going on. Lots of controversy. Lots of people that are supposedly really good at their job that aren't good at their job. But we got stuff to talk about, my man. What's happening? Oh, man, I have a really fat, puffy face from all the traveling, <laughs> all, the, all the salty food, and a little bit of whiskey this last week. And See, that's oof, why you just stay it. puffy. That's what I do. Man. I stay puffy. Yes, you do. Yes, you right. do. I'm not going to argue that fact. <laughs> oh, man. We had a good week, though, John. I mean, the fights were good at Bellator. The UFC had, you know, had some... I thought it had a good card up until the co-main and main, but we'll get into that. And it wasn't they weren't bad, but they just weren't they didn't live up to the expectation. Uh, but it was there were there was some good fights on that card though. Um, but before we get even get started and jump into all this stuff, let's go to WayneInMerch.com, pick up some of our new apparel, which Big John oh, is wearing. Baby. Look at that bad Let boy. me tell you something. Tell this me this thing is this is about ten pounds worth of hoodie. I love this thing, man. It is warm. It is heavy. It is nice quality. Thank you very much. I mean, I'm serious. Look, I am wearing your name, Josh the Punk Thompson. That is an embarrassing thing for me to do, and I'm glad you're down by my belly. Yeah, like (laughs) you remind me of the Scottish guy on Austin Powers. Get Get in my belly. (laughs) (laughs) That's all. All this stuff is available at WayneAndMerch.com. And uh, pick up some of your stuff, man. We got shirts, we've got hoodies. <laughs> I don't know. Hats are very nice. You, yeah, you, hats. Don't say you say you say we have a sweater. I swear to God, the next time we yeah, see, you, I'm gonna smack you. Sweatshirts, sweatshirts. There you sweatshirts, go, sweatshirts. Yeah. Very nice. There we go. All right, we have some new designs, everything like that. And uh, John says about ten pounds worth of sweater. Well, John, that's why they call him Big John. <laughs> so they need about ten pounds worth that of must sweater to cover it. There you go. Uh, podcast Dave decided he would match him too, but he's not pulling up his screen because he doesn't want to be compared to Big John. So he decided to turn his screen off. We love Podcast Dave. Dave and I called each other. What are you wearing? Oh, I'm going to wear this. Oh, I'm going to wear that too. Yeah. Couples, they do that. Yep. Very that's cute. right. Very cute. <laughs> we just oh, like to rep for our show, you know? That's it. Yeah. We rep for our show. You? Yeah. Trying to I, make didn't, money. I didn't get it. No, 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 no. You're trying. Bullshit. You're trying to make money. No, I didn't get you're any. Tra- well, so money. we're just supposed to send you stuff? This is last like year's. Like you're somebody? This is last year's model. <laughs> this is last year's. <laughs> oh, man. Yep, go to WayneAndMerch.com, pick up some of our uh, merch, and then post pictures of yourself wearing it, man, and uh, we'd love to retweet you, repost you, all those things. I appreciate you guys Absolutely. for supporting our podcast. Supporting now, the cause. Before we get started, we're going to start off with the UFC 282 in Ankalai versus Jan Blahovich. Let's go ahead and go to mybookie.ag. Use our promo code Wayne in. Go to mybookie.ag. Use our promo code Wayne in. Hopefully, you guys made a little bit of extra cash uh, after the breakdowns we did last week. And if you didn't, I'm sorry. We apologize, but uh, we were pretty much on track. I mean, we thought we were the Taporia and Bryce Mitchell one. I was a little off on. 
Could have been a toss up fight on it. Yeah, Tapuria is good. He, 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 he showed out. He Dude, showed he's out. He's good. He's yeah. good. All right. He's good everywhere. Hi, everyone. Big John McCarthy here. I just want to take a moment of your time to talk about your investment future. Look, a lot of people invest in the stock market, they invest in cryptocurrency. And right now, that's a horrible investment. It has been crashing. You've seen what's been going on. Legacy Precious Metals is a company that I have started to work with. I believe in precious metals. Gold and silver have continuously held their value. And Legacy Precious Metals will walk you through the entire process of changing anything you have over into precious metals so you can be confident for your future. Look, if you want to have the precious metals sent to you, they will send them directly to you. Or if you want them to set up a retirement account, they will put all of those metals into your retirement account. They just sent me this five ounce pure silver metal with a Tuskegee Airman in the back. It's beautiful to look at. It's five ounces of weight. That's more than a single MMA glove. That's a big heavy coin. If you want to be secure in your future, I want you to call Legacy Precious Metals. The number for you to call is 866-912-6601. Call them now and start looking towards your future. Well, let's go ahead and get started. Let's start with the main event, John. Let's, let's go. Let's jump right into this Because main we event. definitely didn't get this right. No. Neither did no. anybody else. No. <laughs> no. Um, uh, it, it was, I was not. Impressed with the performance. I was I was impressed with Jan Blahovich up until the takedown started happening. Yeah. And the crushing of the space by Alkali, which I understand. He had to make it kind of a, he made a wrestling an match. Yeah. He made he an adjustment. Crush. That's good. He had to fight him in a phone booth against the fence. And if he couldn't fight him in the phone booth against the fence, he tried to get the takedown. He got on top and just controlled the position to really slow uh, Jan's attacks down, whether it was the legs or with the boxing. He looked good. Jan looked really good. I was very impressed. But until he can learn to stop a takedown, it's. I mean, we're gonna see, keep seeing this, especially with a lot of these uh, two hundred five pounders that are coming up. Have a little bit of uh, have a little bit of wrestling, have a little bit of takedown defense, and don't always have to strike. So they're getting a little bit more well rounded as we come along. But this overall, what was your thoughts on the fight? I actually, you know, I know a lot of people were complaining. I know Dana complains that it was horrible. I didn't think it was bad. I actually, you know, the fact that Jan stuck with a game plan, went after that low calf kick, and was effective with it. And he wasn't only effective on one leg, he was effective on both. And at one point, you got to admit, in the third round, you're watching that fight and you're going, oh my God, he's going to win this off of that low calf kick. Did you not? Well, uh, it wasn't really a low calf kick. It was more of like a shin bone to shin bone, kind of like bone. And I don't know if you (laughs) had those. Have you ever done that before, John? It's horrible. They're disgusting. Fucking horrible. <laughs> it's 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 a severe like bone bruise, and he's gonna oh, ha- yeah. he's gonna have some pain for a while. And oh yeah, if, if you don't know what a bone bruise is, a bone bruise is just a bunch of little tiny micro fractures in your bone, and you could see that it was black and blue in between round two and three. It was starting to turn black and blue, so I know he was going through a lot of pain. I mean, I've I've had that happen to me with shin guards on, and it still happened. Yes. Shin guards. Yeah, yeah. Who the hell, who the hell yeah. kicked you with the shin guard and fucking your fucking boy your fucking Luke Rockhold, man? Oh, <laughs> your boy shit. Luke Rockhold. That guy kicks like a donkey. Yeah. Um, yeah, but oh, that's exactly what it was, man. It was it was one of those painful 
every time you touched it, whether it was your That's finger, if a toe you just hit touch it, it, touch it after. I mean, you're talking yeah. two weeks later, and you touch it, and it's like, mm-hmm. damn. But then when he went to switching his stance, Jan started tearing up on the other side, on the yeah. calf kick, and so that was that had a, started to create more damage. And he had to start fighting more square stance because he didn't know which way which way to turn. He wanted to go southpaw. He wanted to go conventional. He just didn't know which way because both his legs were beat up. What Jan didn't do though was a couple of times where he kicked and Uncle Live was having a hard time putting weight on it. He didn't come in and start trying to get after it again. He kind of sat back and let him put his weight back down on his foot. Yep. He needed to be more aggressive. He needed to be um I agree. You know, when the damage was done, he needed to try to really try to pressure him to get him out of there. Jan could have been on top of him. Also, too, if you would have followed him down to the ground, he could I think Jan's control from the top would have been fine in trying to control him down there. I think Uncle Live would have been hard to hold down once his shin started to feel better, his legs started to feel better. He'd have been hard to hold down, but then that's when you back away and let him up. I just, there was no killer instinct in him at the moments where you could have said, hey, this fight could have been done in rounds two or three. Yeah, you could have gone out. I totally agree, and it was the one thing I would have liked to see, especially when you see Uncle Live all of a sudden he's bouncing, trying to get some feeling back in his legs. You got to go after him. He can't move. If there's one thing that is the worst thing to be in a fight is an immobile object that cannot move, cannot turn, cannot change position with your body, you're a sitting duck. It's a horrible feeling to be like that. And he was in that at that moment. And Jan just like stood there and like, yeah, well, I'm, I'm doing good. And it's like, you are doing good. Go. Yeah. That was my only complaint, but I actually thought that Jan fought a good fight until it got to the point where Uncle I have said, I have to crush this space. I thought that was a great adjustment. It was I'm sitting there saying, quit being on the outside. He's killing you from the outside with that kick. Crush the space, make it to where he can't throw the kick, and take a chance with him on the inside. You have faster hands. And I thought that was a big difference, you know, when they they got into that, his hands got to Jan much quicker than Jan's got to him, and he was able to get into those positions where then he was going for the takedown. And on the last one, he just you know flew in there to take him down, and Jan couldn't get up from him. And it was like, it was a it was a definite fight. Well, let's be honest. There, there's a judge that thought Jan won that. Okay, there's well, am I lying? It was a split draw. One judge thought that Uncle I have won it. One judge thought that Jan won it, and one went. Even giving it a 10-8 round in the fifth round. Because if he didn't give it a 10-8 round, Jan Blahovich would have that belt right now. Hmm. You think and Jan Blahovich won that fight? It was close. I mean, you could have given him rounds one, two, and three. So I think one judge did. Yeah. <laughs> one judge did. It was. I mean, like, I, mean I would have given him probably rounds one, two, and three. He probably would have won. You know, but um, I don't know. I mean, one of those, if you're saying, I know it doesn't seem like, doesn't seem like uh, one of them could have been a 10-8 round. I mean, you could have said the round that he was bouncing around, he had to switch stances, could have been a 10-8 round when he, because Yankalaev had to bounce up and down on one side. There's a judge that gave that round to Yankalaev. Yeah, I don't know. There was some crazy judging going on, dude. Mm. And I, I normally like everybody there. I think they do a good job. Not 
Ladies and gentlemen, John is about to go hard in the paint in the next fight. <laughs> I'm going to give you guys a quick little uh, rant uh, warning. Rant. Let me give you no a little rant. quick little no rant, rant warning. Don't you lie. Okay. No I have no um, rant. You want me to go first uh, on this sure, whole thing so you can get you it all out of the way in one I, fair swoop? I don't want a fair swoop. <laughs> Patty Pimlet versus Jared Gordon. I no fucking way Patty Pimlet won that fight. <laughs> I just wasn't impressed, man. I, I this look. I'm not gonna say that I. I just said I wasn't impressed. What I should say is I'm a I'm a fan of Patty Pimlets. I think he is. He's young still. He's got a lot of potential. He's definitely marketable. Uh, the hair. I love the wig thing that they were doing at the fights. Great idea. Um, but my thing is he has a long way to go. I didn't realize. I didn't realize it until this fight. I thought in the first couple fights that of his career in the UFC that he had to he was just trying to make adjustments, you know, there's it's all the attention. This fight really showed me that he's got a lot of work to do. And let me let me just tell you guys this. When you people want to talk about how out of shape he gets or how big he gets in between fights, if you're getting that big, nine times out of ten. You're not really working on your craft. You're not training as much as you should be to try and prove yourself. I haven't seen any improvements since he came into the UFC. Not one. Not one. He still strikes with his chin in the air, way in the air. Um, He found out last night he has no defense for the left hook. Um, His takedown defense is not on par for the guys at 155 pounds. His submission game is good, but it's not great, guys. I'm not going to sit here and blow sunshine up your ass. It's not great. Um, his cardio last night also lacked. He got tired in the, in the midway through the second and the end of the third. That's why the takedowns and the pressure and all that stuff. The, he was the bigger guy, not by a little bit, but by a lot. A lot. And he was not able to get his back off the fence. I I think he's a phenomenal. I think he has the potential say that. to Don't be. Say that. You just said, I think he's a phenomenal. I, no, no, he's but, not. No, I said, I think he has the potential. I had to readjust that. I think he okay. has the potential to be a phenomenal fighter. I don't know. I can't. I think the verdict's still way too soon to say because if you're getting that far out of shape, and I haven't seen any improvements, John, since he's coming to the UFC, not one, not one. The one thing I can say about him is that he's a professional. Is that he makes weight? He makes weight. For someone who gets that far out of shape, he makes weight, and he fights hard. Those are the two things. And you got to give him. I'm going to be honest. You got. He's got a good chin because his chin is up in the air a lot of the times. Yeah. He's getting hit. And he takes it. Yeah, you know, he got he got stung a couple of times in that fight, and he takes it well, and he he comes back fighting. And so he's tough. I'm not going to say anything about. He's a he's a fighter. He's got he's got it in him, but he's got so many holes mm-hmm. that he needs to fix before he fights top level guys, or else he's going to get murked. Mm-hmm. I'm just being honest, you know, and I like I, I like the whole personality thing. I think it's, he has fun, and that's good. It's supposed to be fun. I look at this fight though, and you're gonna get all these people are gonna say, "Oh, the UFC, you know, they, uh, you know, they wanted it that way." The UFC didn't do anything they're, with the judges. They don't Those, care, you guys. Judges they don't care. exactly. They they're set up to where they don't care who wins. In the end, they know which direction they're gonna go, and they know what they're gonna do, whether that person wins or loses. But, you know, this was, you know, the athletic commission picked the judges and stuff. My son was one of the judges, and I, and he asked me, and I said, 
I, you got that wrong. I thought Jared Gordon won 29-28. First round in that fight, Jared Gordon hit Patty Pimlet with a left hook like it was a magnet. He hit him over and over and over again, and he stung him, and you could see it. Now, Patty had his things, but I think you came up with the actual right, you know, and this can happen when you're a judge sitting there. You're sure. getting the crowd responding every time Patty does something because, truthfully, Patty did not did not punch as many times as Jared Gordon. He didn't land as much as Jared Gordon, and the shots that he landed were not as good as what Jared Gordon landed. But when you get the crowd reaction and that's what you're hearing, it kind of, you know, you're, you're looking and you're trying to say, but there's times when you're not seeing that angle, but you're hearing the reaction of the crowd and it's an influencer. And I think they got influenced by what the crowd was into as far as the crowd was there, wanted Patty to win and they're reacting to everything he's doing. Jared Gordon won that first round. He won the third round. I give Patty Pimlet the second round. I thought Patty won the second round. But if you go back and you watch that fight, that first round, which a lot of people said really close, not really that close. I mean, it was you know not like, oh, one guy ran over the other, but it's pretty clear Jared Gordon should have won that round. Patty started off good. Jared finished it off in the end, basically. But I look at it, and I feel the same way. And, you know, we've talked about Patty before. I think he's fun. I think he is, he's a tough guy. I take nothing away from him, you know, the, the whole hair bit and everything like that. He's professional. He comes in. He makes, you know, the weight he's supposed to. And he fights. I'm yeah. not, he, he went out there and he fought. But it's one of those, like you said, when you're getting that heavy, it's telling me you're not putting in the training that you need to improve. Because, son, take it from an old man. You need to improve. There's a lot of holes there that a really good fighter, and look, I like Jared Gordon as a fighter. He's a good guy, you know, personally like him, but he's not the top of the food chain. There's some, you know, there's a lot of guys above him that matter. They're licking their chops waiting for you. And look, there's a guy at 145 that you got into it with at the at the media day. That man will fucking murk you. He will make you look like you are. And right now, a fairly average fighter that has fans, they, they put you in a co-main. You're not ready for the co-main, son. Not yet. Sorry. Dana, Dana, of course, would like to see Patty win. But Dana sure. also doesn't care. Because if you guys were listening to a little bit of the, tele, the broadcast last night, <clears throat> DC has said it. Look, the UFC's, we've said it a bunch of times on here, is that the UFC... Their PR machine is fucking does a damn good job. They can make anyone a star. Yeah. Not that, and what they do is they pick and choose. Not anyone. And but it's as long as you're not an idiot. As long as you're not an idiot. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but he's he look, he says all the right things. He you know, he does all the right things in terms of uh communication, mental awareness, you know, talking about this person, that person in terms of helping others, doing charities and events. That's what you want from you're the UFC, you're like, hell yeah, I can use that as marketing. Hell yeah. You know, and um, he does all those things. And they're going to, you know, they're going to, of course, they've put quite a bit of money in to help propping him up and, and doing, you know, and build him into a star. But he didn't live up to that portion of his end of the deal, though, last night. I, you know, he just, it wasn't a great performance by him. He showed he had a lot of holes. 
I hope he goes back to the drawing board and he starts fixing some of these holes because, like I said, he, I, I could count maybe on one hand how many straight punches he threw last night. <laughs> Not like almost none of they were all loopy. They were just all it was. I just want to see him do better because I know he can do better. When you see him, his athleticism, his ability to to uh, take a shot and deliver shots is there. But yeah, it is. It, I think what 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 happens is when fighters come from being a star in the lower organization, whether it's Connor, whether it's Patty, whatever it is, and they've been champion there, what they think that every time they hit someone that they're gonna go away. Yeah. Not in this organization, not in the not in the bigger organizations. These guys are there for a reason. Yeah, because they can take a shot, they can deliver a shot. They're gonna. They're, they're just as tough as you. I think that that's a huge misconception of like, oh, once I come here and I arrive here, like you know, I'm ready, and these guys can't handle me. And no, no, no. <laughs> these guys are here because no, they can. They can do all the things that you can do. And Jared Gordon last night, he could not miss with that left hook, like you said, a magnet. It was like it was like pink, pink, pink. Yep. I was like, oh shit. And then finally, Patty, I think in the second round, sort of fight putting his hand just right there next to his face. He's like, okay, like, don't hit me anymore right here. Just, um, I don't know. I, he's got a lot of improvements to make. And, John, it's, it's hard when you're in between fights and you're blowing up to 200 pounds. That, you're just not getting better. Well, it's, it's hard to the get same, better. The, yeah. What you're saying is it's hard to get better. If in between fights you're blowing up to 200 pounds, 210 pounds, because because it, it, there's no way that you're putting in the work necessary at that moment to get yeah. better. It's, well, training camps are not to make you better; they're to prepare you for a fight. <clears throat> yeah, you get better in between. You learn in between. You know that's why when guys are on that streak where they're doing fight after fight after fight, you go. Hey, that's great, and they're making money, but you're not really getting any better because no. you can't. You're always in camp. That's it. Yeah, what you what you should look at is him being up to 200 pounds. His body, the th the moves and the techniques and the speed and all those things that he's trying to get better at, it won't be the same as if his body was in shape or kind of like around the same same body style and same size. The things that his body can do at 200 pounds. His body can't do the same things it can do at 165, 170. Just a, the way the speed of attacking the arm bars, the speed of attacking certain techniques. Um, you know, he tried that little like um, kind of like ninja choke, but it was like a far side. Yeah. Like rear naked choke. He probably can get away with that, you know, against the smaller guys at the gym when he's, you know, 185. Maybe he thought it was going to work. It ain't going to work. Not when you're in shape. Not, not when the other guy's in shape. Not when the other guy has... A lot of fighting him. Um, you also don't have the same squeeze, you know, that you do when you're 185. You think you do, but the weight and the muscle and the body frame is a lot bigger at that weight. So you were thinking it was going to work. Well, it didn't work. Did you blow your arms up? There's all those things to take into consideration. And until he really learns that this thing's going to only go as far as he wants it to go. And I haven't seen the improvements. And I'm interested to see. If Dana goes, let's give him someone else. Or, do you know, because you can't go backwards now. You can't go backwards, John. We've saw, See, I've, the, I've said this here, I don't know how here, many years. Here's the point. 
look, he's a main, he's a main card fighter now. From now on, really, if you're taking a look, they're building him. He's got to be on the main card. So the prelims are done. So when you look at the main card, you got to put him against someone that's real. You can't put him against, you know, the guys that you know he had been fighting up to this point and everything. You just look and you go, man, there's so many. Josh, if you were if you had a fighter, and they signed to fight Patty. Tell me as you're watching tape on him, you're not going boom, 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 boom. I can take, we can take advantage of this. We can take advantage of this. We're going to do this. It's there for you. You can see it. John, there's not one area. And I'm not trying to like, I'm not trying to, uh, I just think there's not one area that he could have beat me in if I was younger. <laughs> no. There's just not one. <laughs> no. I, uh, yeah. My it, cardio it, was better. Like, and I'm saying, like, I'm saying, I'm, I'm, I like him a lot, and I want him to succeed. I like everything he stands for. I like what he does. I just want to see him get better. He hasn't gotten better. Dave, pull up the lightweight rankings. He just he. I I don't think that. <clears throat> if I was to look at this, let's look down at the very bottom. He's Tony, maybe because Tony is just older now. I mean, that's Tony about, would no. Yeah, even I, Tony. Even yeah, Tony, I would, I would agree. I'm just throwing him because Tony's older. That's the only reason why I threw him there. But if I look was at, like, if you let, look at that, let's let's put Moicano against him. Really? Oh, okay, there you go. There's, so right there, and Mike Moicano is 13. You know, yeah. you take a look, Dan Hooker, because I know Dan Hooker said, "Hey, you don't want to put me against that guy." No. And I believe Dan Hooker's right. Even though Dan's got a lot of losses, that would not be a loss. Jalen no. Turner, that kid would starch. Freaking Pimlet. Absolutely. I like the I mean, tarantula. Sarukian? Come on. Come on. Yeah, this is what I'm saying. There's Gamra, just, you, know, you have Gamra, RDA, you've got fucking Faziv, Chandler, Dariush. I mean, it just doesn't get obviously doesn't get any better as you go higher up. But mm -mm. I mean, if we look at the very bottom, and the only reason why I say maybe Tony is because Tony's just older. That's all. But I mean I I still think Tony's got He's just way more skilled, even yep. at his old age. Yep. You know, he's got to avoid really getting popped. You know, like a hard one, but he still has a good chin. He yep. can still take shots. Yep. I mean, that kick the channel landed. Anyone would have ah. the fuck out by that thing. Anybody. Yep. Um, I don't know, man. Uh, we'll I, see. I he's got to get better. That's the biggest thing. He's got to get. I think. Better. I think. In, look, in all honesty, again, he walked out of there with a win. That man, he's lucky to walk out of there with it because. Yeah. What did you think of his comments afterwards? He's like, oh, fight of the night, 50 G's. And I'm like, 50 G's? Uh, I was like, ooh. I wouldn't give him 50 cents for that performance. Ooh. I'm just being honest. It wasn't impressive. Let's, yeah. Again, and I don't want to take anything from Jared Gordon. Jared Gordon's no, he, a good fighter, tough guy. I love him. But he's one of those guys that when you're looking and you're being honest, He's a gamer. I'll say that. He's durable. He doesn't give in, mm -hmm. but he's not fast. He doesn't have a lot of power. You know, his ground game is decent. His wrestling is decent, but he's not that explosive fighter that you look and you go, you know, this is a fighter that, you know, is going to give you a lot of problems. They didn't put Jared Gordon there to give Patty a lot of problems. Mm -hmm. And he gave him a lot of problems. Yeah. 
No, I know. He should have been able to try to at least get him out of there or had him in trouble several times, but he never did. <clears throat> All right, next fight. <laughs> Santiago Ponzinibbio against Alex Morono. Man, you know, I said, I think this is a harder fight for Ponzinibbio than Robbie Lawler. Yeah. You know, and it's it's a different fight. First off, Robbie being is a southpaw. Robbie doesn't have volume, especially now. You know, he's he throws one or two, and he waits, 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 and then he'll throw one or two, and then. But he's got he does have he got one punch knockout power. He can definitely start you. But Ponzinibbio by getting Murano, a guy that actually moves quite a bit, is on his toes a lot as he fights, and you know. Murano is a good fighter. You know, he doesn't look like anything, you know, and people go off of other, oh, you know, they're going to look at the cover and go, oh, he's not, he's a good fighter. He's got very good stand up. He throws good combinations. He's actually has a hell of a ground game. Mm-hmm. And he was winning that fight, dude. Yeah, he was. He was winning that fight. It's a, it's a, yeah. a beautiful comeback by Ponzinibbio, and it was a good stoppage. I know that Murano, you know, I guess complained in the beginning. No. You no. saw how he was when we when we say the word he got starched. That's what you're looking at when you see a guy who's stuck in a position with his face or something and can't move. They're starched. That's the whole meaning behind the word. And Murano got starched by him. It was a great comeback win by Ponzinibbio, but he was in trouble multiple times in that fight. Yeah, no, he was. John does does uh Murano uh. Murano reminds you of Jeremy Horn a little bit, like body-wise. Yes, very much so. The bald head, the yeah. uh, you know, just kind of in the way he stands, a little bit, just the way. Because Jeremy Horn used to, like, do this, too. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, and he, he reminds me just, like, the, the, the body around the midsection doesn't look like much. <laughs> doesn't look like much, but, man. Don't, man, don't fuck with Gumby, dude. Them Jeremy dudes Horn. can fight. Jeremy Them Horn dudes fight. can fight. That's it. It's like they're sto- they're storing that little extra cardio around the midsection. That's a, it's a gas tank. Yeah, yeah. John's they got a big get one. Tired. Yeah, Damn John's straight, dude. I'm, <laughs> so, I'm like I'm like a fucking F three fifty truck, dude. Big old okay. tank. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I got to be honest. I, I was I'm gonna say the same thing that you were saying. Like, oh, he didn't, maybe doesn't look like much. That guy can fight. Yeah, Alex Morano can fight. He fought his ass off five days yeah. notice. Yep. Against someone who had a full camp. And was ready to fight, and it showed in the last little bit is that he was starting to get hit with some shots. Alex Morano got a little tired. Because got a little got tired. A little tired. Defense yeah. wasn't on point. His movement stopped a little bit. It wasn't as as active as it was early in the fight. That's right. I mean, he looked good though, man. I mean, like no. But if he had a full camp, oh. okay. Let's be honest, and this is and this is where people need to understand. Morano was winning that fight, and he was winning it by his movement, by creating angles, by being elusive at times when mm-hmm. making Ponzinibbio overextend. And if he did not get tired, he wouldn't have made the mistakes or he wouldn't have been mm-hmm. in the positions that caught him where he was at. He would have been able to continue on. But when you get tired, you have to slow something down and he had to slow it down. And that's when he got caught. But no. you, know, you got to give it up for him. I, you know, I, I know he lost his uh, win streak that he was on. But he didn't lose any any ground, I believe, in the UFC's eyes or anything like that. I think they're uh, very happy with the performance that he went out there and put on in trying to win the fight. And he gave Ponzinibbio everything that uh, Santiago needed for that night. 
great comeback. That's what I mean. It, I also think maybe the co-main and the main lacked because we had some good fights that were right before that. Oh yeah, no doubt yeah. about it. Uh, the opening three. Yeah, come on, the opening three were they were fire for a while. Yeah, I mean even the last prelim was good. Yeah, with the young man. Uh, we'll but talk, look, we'll talk about him. Yeah, Ponzinibbio. Look, he he did what he was supposed to do. He was supposed to keep staying in the fight up until the last second. The fight's never over. It's never over, and he just showed it. Yep. And um, Morano just made a mistake. A little bit, it could have been fatigue. Look, anybody can get caught. Even if he wasn't tired, anyone can yep. get anyone can get caught. So, uh, it was just one of those. He was able to catch him. What? Go away with the win. I'm sure he probably got some sort of performance of the night or some sort of knockout of the night or something. I mean that. It shocked everyone, I think. But it was a, it was an overall good fight, though. It was a fun, entertaining fight. No, it was, a, that it was an entertaining fight all the way yep. through. Yeah. yeah. All right, next fight. Duplessis against Darren Till. <laughs> and that first round. Whoo! That was... Uh, Darren Till took some damage in that. And, and I, I just... I was like almost... I don't want to say in shock. But at the <clears> end of that... God bless DC. He goes, I, I think that might be a 10-8 round. You think? Okay. And then John Anik, my man, a guy I've sat with too many times, said, well, you know, uh, I don't know if it actually had all the, you know, da you know damage, duration, and, and dominance. I'm not too sure, but I, I don't think 10-8. It's like, have you lost your mind, John? No damage. Did you see his eye? Do you think his brain wasn't rattled throughout any of that? No damage. Okay, let's talk about dominance. Did he get dominant? I don't give a fuck if he got up at the end. Okay? He got the <clears throat> shit beat out of him. And thank God at least two of the judges were smart enough to say that was a 10-8 round. One of them didn't. And that's because, oh, they're all so afraid to give a 10-8 round in Nevada now. Oh, my God. Take a look at the second round that Till actually did pretty good in. And you could say Till won it. Were they the same, Josh? Was the fight the same? After watching the first and second round, are you going to tell me that Darren Till is even with Duplessis at that point? Well, of course I am, John. Of course I am. <laughs> Calm down, Captain Obvious. Captain Obvious over here? No, no, obviously not. I mean, come on. <clears throat> How does a judge not give that a goddamn tenant? He did everything. He almost finished him. You, I mean... Fucking Mark Smith, the referee's fucking pooping out a peach pit. He's so tight about fucking wanting to stop it. And he's just waiting for that moment. And you're going to tell me, no, that wasn't a 10-8. Did you think any of that warranted a stoppage? I didn't think any of it did. No, I do not. Okay. I thought, I thought Mark Smith was right for letting it go on. I don't think it should have been stopped in there. But it was getting close at times. Yeah, but here's the thing, though. The reason why it was getting close is because fucking Mark Smith kept asking him to say something or show him something. No, no, like, no, looked, no, and then, no, and then no, 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 no,
your response is to change what's occurring. Mm-hmm. No, I get it. <clears throat> I get it. I just it was driving me crazy because Darren Till felt yeah. the need to yes, look at the did. ref. Yes, to he look did. at the ref. But that was a mistake on his part. Give him a thumbs up or say something to him. What are you doing? You've been in this conversation with him. Yeah, like what are you doing? We're not here. Like you're not here to have a conversation. You're here to fight, and, and you're like, not going to be near as you're not going to be near as good <laughs> trying to talk to him while he, this guy's beating the shit out of you. I just didn't get it, man. Not an easy thing to do, but hmm. but you can take a Duplessis did. I I was I was not too sure if he was going to be able to recover. He did a nice job actually recovering through the second round, and in the third round, he was back. You know, he's awkward when you watch him fight. A little stiff, a little awkward, but he's effective. He, he got a, he got a lot of the Keith Jardine in him, man. John, he he must like, be fucking cock strong. Cock strong. Because yeah. he just touched Darren Till's legs, and Darren Till looked like he got thrown through up in the air and fucking tossed on his head. You got okay. Uh, think about it. Have you? <clears throat> I have never seen someone look like they have never wrestled a day the in their life. Thank you. <laughs> I swear to Been God. in the UFC, fought in championship fights, and now looks like has not wrestled ever. Ever. I he mean, was getting he taken got, down with shit that I was like, how did you get got, taken down by that? Dude, he got bumped and he was going down. I was like, what the hell? It was so weird to me. It was awkward, but it was it was extremely weird to like see you somebody. Duplessis has gotta be like it was Strong weird like to see bull. him fight somebody that is good. He's got good top pressure. He's a good wrestler. He's got, but he's you know known for his stand up in Duplessis, and he couldn't even come close to stuffing takedowns. John, I mean, unbelievable. Like he was stumbling over his own feet, like he just—it looked like he had never drilled a takedown defense in his life. I'm like, Darren Till, you were ranked like number three at one point. Yeah. Kamzat like Jemayev had I to be look watching that fight going, what in the what hell? What the fuck? I was shocked, I, man. Crazy. I was in such shock that he just had no answer for every time Duplessis shot a takedown. None. None. And then his answer was to like, and even when he got, when he was able to push the leg, push the body all the way down to his ankle, he, he's, then he didn't, like, he just stayed there. And let Duplessis work his way back up on the single leg. I'm like, what are you doing? Get all the way away. He that, still has your ankle. And that was all he needed. <laughs> Damn. It was like, it was an awkward fight. It really yeah. was. What do they do but, with him? Man, I'll tell you what. It doesn't yeah. sound like he wants, it doesn't, it doesn't seem like he's motivated enough to, to want to keep fighting. Well, he also said that he thinks he, he uh, tore his ACL. So that I might have had that. you saw what he and, and you when know the moment backwards. that it happened. Yeah, yeah. folded backwards and stuff. So it, hopefully that didn't happen. If it does, well, he's out for another year now. Damn. And uh, you, you just don't see Darren Till coming back and being the the same fighter that he once was. No. Mm-mm. Next fight. Oh. Let's just be honest. I want to give it up for uh, Bryce Mitchell in this. Taking on Tapuria, you know what? He went after him. He is Bryce Mitchell is a he's a junkyard dog. I really i I was very impressed with his tenaciousness and, and his ability at certain times. He was getting murked by heavy shots, and he kept coming after him, kept trying. 
And so he's just a tough dude. But I mean, look at Aaliyah Tapuria is the real deal. This guy can fight. He is freaking solid in his wrestling. He is solid in the stand-up. He has power in his hands. He's got power in his kicks. He's got good submission game. He's the real deal, man. <laughs> you know, you know. I look at it as like the, you know he's getting into he, he, multiple times he's kind of gotten into the verbal, you know, sparring with certain fighters, and I'm like, dude, if you're a fighter, don't get into a fucking verbal war with that dude. If yeah. you can end up fighting him, man, <laughs> he's the real deal. He he will be, you know, in the top of the featherweight division. He's got that skill set. <clears throat> Dave, can you pull up the featherweight division? Look, he did he did a lot of things that I was like, wow. Wow. All the takedowns he stuffed, everything that he did, I was and he didn't just stuff them, but he made him pay when he did stuff them. It was very impressive. There was one where he wizard real hard. Do you remember the Dan Henderson knockout of somebody? Who did he knock out? He knocked somebody out. They shot in on him and he hit him with the wizard and fucking face down, ass up. Fight was over. And it was it was in pride. It was a long time ago, man. Obviously, pride. <laughs> but um, but uh, let's see. If I'm looking Obviously at this division, Dan Henderson. <laughs> yeah. If I, yes. But uh, I'm looking at this. Let's see. Tapuria versus uh, Sadiq Yusuf, Evalov, Bryce Mitchell. He's up there. He's gonna be ranked up there in that Bryce Mitchell area. They're number nine, number ten, number eight, somewhere in there. I mean, okay. him and Giga would be a great fight. That's a bad fight for Giga. That's a, but that'd be a great fight. Nope. They, this guy, no. this is a guy that can stand with Giga for a while and take him down when he wants. Yeah, that's true. And on the ground, it's not close. Yeah. Wow. I mean, I don't really see anybody that gives him a hard time. Maybe up until you get to like the Arnold Allen. Yeah, Arnold Allen, Josh Emmett. Josh Emmett might give him a little bit of a hard time because Josh can deliver the power, but Josh does get hit too. Yes, he does. You know, he gets hit as well. So, Oof, man, I'm telling you, I mean, he said he's going to be in the top. He, look, he he actually belongs, in my opinion. He's top five. He's yeah. that good. Ooh, John. Ooh. He's top five, dude. I mean, you got to take one of those top five guys out of there, though. Who are you taking him out there? Josh Emmett? He, uh, who are you taking out? Arnold Allen? Well, jo Josh Brian Emmett. Ortega? I hate to take Josh Emmett out because he's got a championship fight coming up <laughs> yeah. against Yair. But. I'm telling you right now that Tapuria was at 14. Mm. Mitchell was at nine. <clears throat> you know, there's no one. If you take a look at the people that were ahead of Tapuria, Edson Barbosa at 13, mm -hmm. who wins that fight? Tapuria. Yeah. Dan Ige, who I love. Yeah. You know, he doesn't have the, you know, the, the skill set no. to beat him. Uh, Sadiq Yusuf, shot. super explosive, very athletic. In, in my mind, Tapuria wins that. Evolov. What about Evolov? That's, yeah. That's the one that I say. If I look at anyone down there, Evolov is really good. Yeah. So that would be a great matchup. I mean, he came the, out. He came out. The, he showed out. He looked the good. Korean, the Korean Zombies at number six right now. No, yeah. And I love. Him. What's that? Korean Zombie doesn't beat him. No. I, I nope. love Jung, but he don't beat him. Nope, but I'm interested to see who they match him up against next. I mean, yeah. do you let both those two ride? Like you have Evaloff and you've got him. You know, do you let them kind of ride up on the in the rankings together up until they get to the top, or do you match them up now? 
that's a good question. Yeah, I don't know. You know like you said, Evelov's undefeated your... as well, right? Evelov's I think eleven and zero or something. Uh, a little bit more than that, but maybe yeah, fifteen. Might be fifteen. Huh? Fifteen, sixteen, and 0. somewhere in there. Oh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll see, but I mean, he's definitely be in that top ten now. Oh yeah. And then, I mean, Bryce Mitchell, though, you got to tip your hat to him, though, John. He did a great job. I mean, just he came did. up short. You could tell. You could tell, though, that he got tired. Yeah. He got he was tired. trying so hard to get a hold of him and hold on to him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What are you going to do? It's part Stop of doing part so of much press talking about flat earth. <laughs> That's what you should do. <laughs> Spend more time with the track running. Well, yeah, the track is flat. It's just in a yeah, circle, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Got to start running, buddy. Get that running in. Uh, Rosas Jr. versus Perrin. Well, like I, you know, in, in seeing this fight as it was put together and stuff, I looked at Jay Perrin and I go, look, Jay Perrin is a tough guy. He's very similar to Jared Gordon. He is, he's tough. He's got a good skill set. He's not real fast. Not a ton of power in his shots. And so I looked and I said, well, it's kind of set up for Rojas to, to get a win here, to show this kid, you know, oh, you know, he's a kid and stuff. You know, he's got skills. Mm. Kid's good. You know, that doesn't mean he's ready to go into the, you know, upper echelon. Give him time. No. You know, give him time. Yeah. But if you take a look at 18 you know the the second was you know he, this kid was just before you know the 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 person that's right below him is you know someone no no one remembers a guy named Sean Dougherty, mm-hmm. and Sean Dougherty was in UFC two who fought Scott Morris. He was the very first fight I ever did in my refing career, you know, and he was eighteen years old in three months, you know, and you just look at the difference between Sean Dougherty and now Rojas Jr. and you go, yep, we've evolved, we've yeah. evolved a lot. <laughs> But um, this kid's good. Yeah, he's good. This is like for those people that are wondering, this should be a slow, slow play. Should be. It should be. I'm hoping that we don't see him fight anyone near the top fifteen until he hits about twenty two. And I know that's Absolutely. a long ways away. And I was gonna say four years. Yeah, I know it's yeah. a long ways away, but let's just let's keep giving him guys that he can develop his striking on because he needs work in the striking area. I mean, he's, he obviously feels like I mean, he seems like he's strong. His body, the way he was able to flatten out Perrin when he got to the back, I was like, oh, yep. yeah. oh wow. Once yep. he got that other hook in and he was able to flatten him out, I was like, well, that was quick. Yep. That was quick. And so he's obviously got some strength. He He's still young, got plenty of time, needs to work on his striking. He's got to get better. The difference that I see between him and, let's say, like a Patty Pimlet is that he doesn't seem like he – Wants to do anything else but this. Yeah. Whereas Patty's got his hands in a bunch of other things, which comes with being a little bit more popular. Um, yeah. I, I I expect big things from this young man. As long as he stays on track and he stays focused. I was listening to the story that they were talking about how his friends, they don't think it's cool. Or they're like, yeah, whatever, no big yeah. deal. And then yeah, he goes, like, why don't you fight Brock Lesnar? Yeah. <laughs> If the UFC really wanted to make you a star, they'd have you fight like, Brock Lesnar. I mean, you, you look and you go, wow, you got some good friends, dude. Dude, yeah. that is such a fucking kid thing to say. That's like yeah. some fucking podcast Dave would say. <laughs> Swear <laughs> to God. Go ahead. Let's see. Let's see if you're any good, man. man fucking let's fight, see you, fight. You gotta take, you know, go fight Brock Lesnar. Let's yeah. see how you do, man. Yeah, you're not that tough. <laughs> 
so WWE, baby. Yeah, so great. <laughs> I'm excited right. for him. I'm happy for him. Jarzinho Rosenstruck against Chris Dacus. Okay, I put I put out a tweet. Let's, I'm gonna I gotta give credit to someone. Conan Silvera was someone who fought in the UFC long ago. Conan was uh, the champion of extreme fighting at the time, Battlecade Extreme Fighting. He was their heavyweight champion until Maurice Smith knocked him out with a head kick. But, man, I'll tell you what. That guy has been an American top team now for since it opened. Forever, yeah, forever. Since it opened. And he has turned into an outstanding coach. Just he is so good with his people now. You look at what he's doing. And he's great with heavyweight guys and getting them to understand exactly what they need to do with their specific style. He did that with Rosenstruck. This was a beautiful performance by Jarzinho. It was exactly what, when we talked about it, I said, look, he's got the power. He needs to go look at what Derek Lewis did. Go after Chris Dawkins. Put him in bad positions in the stand-up. Don't let him get on a roll and start, you know, point fighting and touching you because he's once he gets that flow and he gets that movement he he starts to feel good and he becomes a much more difficult fighter rosenstruck went out there did not give him any time to breathe put him out mm. did he dude he did this jarzinho thing man he mm. went after him it looked great yeah he's he's been known to have very lackluster fights Yes, because he and, waits. Yep. But when you... I'm sorry, man. John, I was never blessed with power. You know that. <laughs> but if I had that kind of power, I'd be getting people out of there because I, I don't... You don't get paid by the minute. Exactly. You don't get paid by that minute. And that's, I want to get in, get out as fast as I can, collect my check, move on to the next one. Oh, yeah. If you have that kind of power, and he's got some pop, too, in terms of speed. Oh, he's when got he throws fast hands. It, yeah, it just yeah. doesn't... Some you know for the last whatever fights, just wasn't putting it together. Like not just pulling the trigger, waiting for the other guy to go, and then sometimes out of range, and just and then guys start wrestling him and get him down and then beat him. It's like okay, yep. so good. I was glad to see him really come out and fight that way. Good job. Twenty three seconds, man. Douche. Goodbye. That's the kind of fight you go. That was good. Let's do another now. <laughs> mm-hmm. Edmund Shabazian took on Dolce. I can't. I hate saying that. Lungibula. 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 And uh, that dude is put together like Hercules himself. Mm-hmm. He is a strong, big individual. And I thought Edmund did an absolutely beautiful job of fighting his fight, taking his time, touching him, making things start to work for him. Brought in some knees, and when he hit that last knee, holy shit. Yeah. That was a hell of a shot that he took and then finished him off. And he, he, I don't know if you, you know, people realize when, when in that last sequence, watch Dolce as he goes and he goes for the shot and Edmund sprawls and puts him flat. Dude, his head and face hit that canvas and he was stung. He was. You saw him yeah. in that starch position. Just that sprawl hurt him bad. And uh, Edmund needed that to, for confidence. You know, he's changed camps, which I thought was the right thing for him to do. He needed to get away from uh, the people he had grown up with and uh, 
start listening to some other people about maybe you can change this and you know do things a little different at times this was a good move for him it was a big win because they didn't give him an easy guy we talked about that I said look at you know Dalsha is strong he's got heavy hands man he hits hard and he's hard to take down and I thought Edmund really looked composed looked good this was the kind of fight he needed we sat on here last week and we said I thought Edmund should have wrestled a little more, which he threatened a couple little takedowns. They weren't great, but he threatened them. That's all you got to do. What I mean by yeah. when I say like they need to wrestle, I mean they need to put that in the their opponent's mind. They can take them down if they leave themselves out of position. You don't always have to get the takedown. And I, I've said this a bunch of times about how when you shoot on a double leg, you run it to a single leg. You get to the fence. If you can't sit him and bounce him off the fence and then dump him on the, run the pike, then get out or go to the body lock or go up to an over-under. It's it's not about hanging your head down there constantly trying to drive and get the takedowns like Habib did. Habib's diff- he's just cut That's differently, a, Habib is. Different breed. Yeah, different breed of wrestling, different ability to you know have someone hang on him like that. If you haven't wrestled your whole life like that, you, then you're going to get tired. So that's never what I want to see out of fighters. And he'd threatened a couple times on the takedowns, but he let the hands go. He looked good. I was concerned he was. He did take a couple big chops by uh, yep. Lugambula or whatever. And um, Lugambula. Yeah, and it was it was a good it was a good fight though. I thought I think I didn't know that he switched camps because what I saw out of him is he looked good. Yep. Shabazian looked really good in terms of his tightness with his combinations. He looked relaxed. There was a lot at stake because there, I mean we were talking here last time I think about how about how he needed to either think about re- rethink his career or maybe go back down to to a lower level of fighting get some wins and then come back up. Yep. But what I saw out of him last night, he don't need to go anywhere. He's nope. back. He belongs. He's back. He belongs there. He's just got to. Yeah. Got to improve. And you got to fight smart, and he did. Got to make some adjustments. Yeah. Got to make some adjustments. The hardest thing to do, John, because I thought about it for years, was potentially leaving the gym that you you know you came up in you know and tough. Uh, ak is one of my is there's obviously, a comfort factor there is yeah it's and i never did leave but i definitely thought about it a lot as, as fighters came and went and people you train with all the time and they left and then other fighters came in um you know and coach it had nothing to do with the coaching it just had to do with there was parts of my career just didn't feel like it was getting what i needed and i started going to other locations and i'm like yeah i could give i can get what i need here but it just didn't feel like home, yeah. so I never left. But that's that's a hard adjustment. So I tip my hat to him for making that adjustment because he saw the direction of which his career was going in, you know, and he needed to do something. So good on him, man. Yep. Happy for him. Next fight, the action man Chris Curtis against Joaquin Buckley. I thought this was going to be a great fight. It actually, was a good fight. It was entertaining. Uh, Buckley's got power. Curtis has got power. I thought that Curtis's wrestling would be the difference maker in this as far as he didn't really use it, though. He used the power. You know, they both decided, oh, we're going to stand and bang. And uh, you know, Joaquin got hit by a good shot. It put him down. Chris was able to come in and finish him off. I thought, you know, it, the fight was exactly what you thought. It, You know, it went through the first round. I think it was in the second round, somewhere in there that, it, you know, Chris started to take it, you know, a little bit. You could see that his shots were having a little bit more effect. But both guys did well throughout it until that last sequence when Chris puts him away. But that's a nice comeback win for Chris Curtis because in his last yeah. performance, he didn't throw. And yeah. this one he was. 
He's good, though. Chris Curtis is. is good. Joaquin Buckley is good. Yeah. It really just came down to who could capitalize um, on either the counters or imposing their will. And Joaquin Buckley was having some success with the kicks, and Curtis was just boxing. Yep. But then as the kicks started getting a little bit higher up and then started able to catch those kicks, that's when you started noticing that he was catching and countering off of that, yeah. which is very impressive, which led to the knockout. Good stuff, man. Chris Curtis is a dog. You know, and he just... He is. He's fun to watch, they, though. They both look undersized for the weight class. Yeah, I agree. They're both tweeners. That 175-ish, you know, one eight, you know, I, I, they're, they're just both tweeners. Joaquin well, Buckley's not a big guy. Curtis used to fight. I mean, he fought 170 for a while. Did he? Um, I, yeah, I'm trying to think. I think he fought 185 before, you know, for a while, and then went to 170 because he fought, he fought Ray Bradacupa. You know? Ah, PFL. Yep, right there. Boom. Ray Cooper the third. Interesting. Interesting. I'm excited to see what he does. What he if he, he just got to keep getting better. Some days, you know, he has great fights, you know, and then some days, which is which is common, you know. But uh, to fight with the same aggressions, fight with the same cardio, the same um output all of those things make a big difference on how, how fast you rise up in the rankings yep. next fight billy quarantilo billy q versus alexander the great hernandez man good fight good fight yep i, th- I thought alexander looked good coming down to one uh 45 normally it was a 155 pound fighter had some good fights at 155 but i thought that he looked you know he's always he always looks muscular and cut but it didn't look like he cut too much. Looked like he had gas. Mm-hmm. The biggest problem, and you know, Billy Q is known for his gas tank and pushing the pace of a fight. It was he, he got damaged a lot. You know, he he was he t- he started the fight off fast, and once Billy was able to figure out some of what he was doing, the counters that he was hitting him with at times beautifully done. Um, you know, I knew Billy from when he was on the Tough Show, and he was he was a young, young guy there, and really a good person. And man, I'm so happy to see him having the success that he's having, because he deserves it. He's just a hard worker, and he's talented. You know, yeah. he he is a talented dude, man, and he is tough as fucking nails. You know, to get that win, I'm not sure a whole lot of people were uh, thinking that he was going to beat uh, Alexander, and he beat him. Beat him with pretty hands. It was a good fight. It was. There was a lot of back and forth, great combinations. They yeah, were throwing leather, man. They especially in the first round, there was it. a lot of things going back and forth. But second round, mm-hmm. Billy really started to take over. But, John, they were slinging it. it oh, was, yeah. There was never a moment where they weren't trying to take each other's head off. And it was it was a fun fight. I didn't. I didn't. I tuned in late. I didn't see the first fight and the second fight. I tuned in right when this fight was walking. And yeah. I was like, holy shit, let's go. It got me pumped. It got me pumped to watch the rest of the card. I was like, okay, okay, I'm down. Uh, and I'm telling the- you, the first two fights, fucking mm-hmm. awesome. Were the they? first fight, Cameron Saman against Steven Kozlo. Dude, there was some beautiful grappling going on in there. And it was Saman who, you know, from South Africa. This kid's got some kind of, there's something, there's something in the water in South Africa, between him and Duplessis, there's something in the water, dude. Because I'm telling you, that kid had 
some explosion to get out of positions. You know, and Steve Co Stephen Coslow, you can see he is a good grappler. He'd get to the mount, that kid would turn him, boink, and you just the way he did it was all power. Just boom, explosion. <laughs> and he went, well, that was you know not a good idea to get there. And then Coslow would work himself out. There was one illegal knee that, you know what, it hit him good uh, that happened in the fight. They took a point, but it had an effect on him in the fight. But, uh, you know, I give it to Saman. He came on in that fight and just kept coming after him. And when he had him hurt, he finished him. And so that was a great fight. TJ Brown against Eric Silva. I had never seen Eric Silva fight. This guy came in. I can't remember where they said he was uh, from. Somewhere in uh, uh, South America there or Central America. But he's got skills. He was tough. TJ fought a very uh, controlled fight for him because normally he gets into those those brawling barn burners and stuff. Mm -hmm. But he was able to finish him off with the arm triangle, and uh, it was a really fun fight to watch too. I, I thought, you know, as that as the show was going on, you know, it went through the entire prelims, and every one of the fights were good. Mm -hmm. And it's so funny when you know a lot of times, all those fights were good. Then you went into the main card, and in the main card, the Bryce Mitchell Tapuria fight was great. I thought that the Till versus Duplessis was fun to watch. Good fight. Yeah. You know, and then the one on the what was the the middle one off of that? I can't remember before the Patty Pimlet. It was um, move this thing. Ponzinibbio, so Ponzinibbio. Know. Ponzinibbio. Uh, Ponzinibbio, fun fight. <laughs> what did you say, Dave? Couldn't even make out the words. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then, and this is what happens. You had yeah. this card, like you were saying. Every fight was really a good fight. Yeah. And then you get the co-main and the main yeah. is does. It's like it's weird because you can sit there and have all those great fights, and if the main event is not this barn burner, people go, eh, it was all right. Was but right. if it was all terrible fights, but the main event was, it was great. It was great. Yeah. Everyone relies on that main event. But overall, really good card with some really good fights. Have you ever been to South Africa, John? Yes. Oh, South Africa, no. I'm no. sorry. I thought okay. you meant South America since I was just talking oh. about that. South nope. Africa is probably one of the most beautiful places i've been to yeah fantastic it's one fantastic. of the places i haven't been <clears throat> i say it's a long ass flight it took me about 32 hours to get there Ooh, that's I why I, much... that's another reason why i haven't been there <laughs> I, well i gotta fly from the west coast so i flew from there to new york which is about six hours and then i had a three-hour layover then flew from there to i think it's called jakarta jakarta, jakarta. no not jakarta uh not jakarta. dakar dakar I think it's Dakar. It's like in northern Africa there. So we flew yep. there. It was 11. You got to go 11 all the way down. Yep. So it was 11 and a half hours was there. Then from there, all the way down to Johannesburg, which was like another 14 hours. Something like 13, 14 hours. Then a, then a four-hour layover there. And then from there to Cape Town, which is only about two hours, two and a half hour flight. Yeah, it took a long time, man. We were... I think Trevor, I went with Trevor and I stayed, stayed with him and his family for about a month. We were there. What a great time. It was fun. I've never in my life been anywhere in the world where I saw such beautiful women. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. They're Holy all, Jesus. they're all five, nine, five, ten to six, one, six, two crystal blue eyes with, with like bronze skin and blonde hair. Like blondish, kind of like brownish, blondish hair. Just 
I don't know. Maybe I was just there because I was there. I was actually there during the. Um, maybe you were just in the right places too. Yeah, I was in downtown. I was like in their little beachfront area there, but it was fucking awesome. But there was also a huge uh, volleyball tournament thing going on. So maybe that's why all the women were 5'10". Might be why all the women were a little taller and everything. But I was there for a month and they were there before the tournament started. They were there after the tournament was done. (laughs) So it was it was pretty impressive. I mean, uh, super just like crystal, crystal blue eyes, like kind of scary looking, like almost like they, they were using a filter in real life. No it was it was pretty uh pretty impressive and the wine there is good the safaris were great we had a great time man great the, the water on the atlantic side was really cold the water on the indian side was warm and murky and gross that's what uh, you're saying is you're jealous of the places see no one can make you understand what you're saying you really gotta stop mumbling <laughs> <laughs> okay. i heard the duplessis did you i, I didn't hear I'll, the, the I first didn't, part that was just straight out of willy Wonka. what did you say the first part here. dave I said, so what you're saying is is that you're jealous of the places? Jealous. Okay, yeah, got, yeah, it. Yes, yes. got it. There you go. <laughs> do, you, do you remember in the movie Willie Walk on the Jolly Factory? He goes, the kid says something no, really I'm negative. I'm 35 years old. I can't I remember that. Well, you know, there's shows. a new one that came out. You know that, right? You yeah, know that? Johnny Depp. Yeah, come on, buddy. Yeah, kind of 35, 35 years old. <laughs> Maybe you should act like it. <laughs> all right, all right. Let's get into uh, the Bellator's card. Let's go. Start with the main event. Bellator 289, Stotts versus Sabatello. There was so much talking going on before this. But the fight itself, I thought it was actually a good fight. I thought it was a close fight in a lot of ways. Sabatello was doing what he needed to do to try to get the win. Stotts stopping a lot of his takedown attempts, landing the better shots overall. Did Um, he he stop a lot of them, John? Did he stop a lot of them? He stopped a lot of them. He got got a lot, but he stopped a lot. You got to give it up for Sabatello as far as he's relentless. You take a look at the way he goes after a takedown at times, and it's like he doesn't, you know, come in and get a shot and then, oh, it doesn't. He reshoots and reshoots again, and the guy gets, and then he's diving and getting his, and you go, God damn, he's tenacious. Yeah. You know, he's going after it. And, you know, you take a look at the fight overall. Look, it was a close fight. In my opinion, Danny needs to figure out. Like, when he get, when he got his other wins, look at what you did with Jornel Lugo. Look at what you, you did with Ego. You weren't able to do it with Stotts. You were wrestling. And you were getting to positions where you're holding on to him. He's hitting you, and you're holding on. Because you're in the top position, you believe you're winning. You're not winning. You're holding on. You've got to get your hands in motion. If you're not going to either go for the submission, then you've got to go for the strikes so the judges are going to give you credit for the position that you're attaining. If you don't, you're not getting anything for the position. And I believe in Danny's mind, he was believing, well, because I'm getting the better position. You know, He hit three cradles. Three three Josh three cradle positions in that match and you look and you go that's a great thing for wrestling I can put you on nah, your back with it yeah. I know I disagree with you on that though I use the cradle all the time to get themselves put their back flat on the ground and then you can establish that top position so Absolutely. I use it all the time hold on no 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 I'm not saying yeah. anything about the you use the cradle to get yourself mm-hmm. where you can now open up and go for the submission or go for the strikes but while you're holding the cradle, what are you doing? 
Yeah, nothing. You're holding. And so the cradle doesn't get you anything other than it gets you to the position, now open up. And he wasn't able to do that. And that was the difference in the fight. You take a look, and there was so little as far as strikes from Sabatello in some positions that time goes by, and yeah, you're winning the wrestling, but it's more than wrestling. And he's stopping most of those wrestling maneuvers you're doing and so it looks like you're getting stymied. You're not landing shots. And when you finally do get a position, you hold. You know, you're, you're sitting there holding position, seatbelt position. You have his back, and you did zero submission attempts and zero strikes. You're not going to win it. Yeah, I looked at what happened earlier in the night with the Cody Law and Lencioni fight. Mm-hmm. And I was just thinking to myself, Danny was going to lose it based off of that. Now, I know that there were some other fights in the middle there that kind of went a little wanky, you know, but but uh, but this fight, I, I was really up in the air. I wouldn't have been mad if they would have given it to Danny Zapatello. I'm going to be honest. I wouldn't have been upset. I wouldn't have been mad. I would have been like, okay, I get it. I mean, that's how close to the fight it was. I do agree with you, though, that John, is that he needs to be more active. You can't just hold the position and expect to get the win because you're on top. You've got to be doing damage, especially in that fifth round. Because yep. he had he had the body lock and he was holding the he was grapevining the bottom leg. And Rafian's elbowing him in the side of the head and cut him, which I was super pissed off with the fucking ref, telling him you can't do those. No, no, you can do those techniques. Yes. I don't know what the hell you're stopping it for. Like he was doing damage. It was to the side of the head. It wasn't to the back of the head. It no, wasn't what, a 12 what, to 6 elbow. No, what happened was Danny's starting to bury his head and turn his head. And for a while, it's legal. And as he continues to turn his head away, he's telling him, don't hit the back of the head. That That's that's for Rafion to figure out, okay, mm. how do I adjust my elbow strike and go back to it? He should have. Got it. Got it. Um, But... Look, these two, they delivered on all aspects. They delivered on the fact that they promoted the fight very well. Yep. Okay. They, they, the trash talk, it also continued over into the cage. They continued all week. They, uh, they left a little bit, they left a little bit of meat on the bone in terms of they kind of left me wanting more. I want to see this fight again. I, I, you know, I mean, I know I'm not going to see it for a while if it does ever happen again, but I'm interested to see this fight again because Danny can make some adjustments. For everyone that hated on Danny, oh, he sucks. He's just a wrestler. Bro, he had some good moments in that fight. He landed some good shots. Uh, he, and I'm going to have to go with um, with Mike Brown saying his stand-up's better than people give him credit for. Uh, I talked to Johnny Evelyn, and uh, who else was telling me? Somebody else was telling me his stand-up's pretty damn good. You know, um, it's not. It, he, he doesn't rely on it because he doesn't have to because he can wrestle the shit out of people. It lets you it lets you know how damn tenacious this guy is. He shot, didn't get it, popped back up, got on the front headlock, could he circle to the back? He did things to Rafael's thoughts that no one's been able to do. And when I'm looking at this, let's I want to remind everyone, I'm gonna go into the patchy mix thing too. Rafael Stotts was able to just slowly dismantle Magomed Magomedov, who has a win over Peter Yan. Everyone used to think for a while that Peter Yan was just the second coming. He's still a fantastic, fantastic fighter. And Aljo had his number. Okay, good stuff on Aljo. Good stuff on Peter. But these guys are good, man. Rafael Stotts, Danny Sabatello. I mean, the tenaciousness of Danny and his wrestling. Rafael Stotts' athleticism, the way to stuff takedowns, make you pay. 
you know, and pot shot and you land the combinations, throwing the head kicks, all of those things. Just phenomenal, phenomenal fight from both guys. And and I saw some people going, oh, yeah, he's just a wrestler. He doesn't like it was a, it's a, it was a boring fight. Well, I'm sorry, man. This fight was fucking really good. And like I said, when you have two guys that are getting after each other in the wrestling department, you know, um, like two little ferrets getting after it, changing up positions, a lot of Grammy rolls, a lot of roll throughs, a lot of a lot of back takes, a lot of cradles to put their back flat to the mat. These are all high level things, high level things. If you're not a high level wrestler, you're not, you're losing this match. You're getting just destroyed on the bottom. Both of these guys with Rafian being a two, uh, two division, uh, two time national champ. And then Danny Savatello wrestling at Purdue just showed the, the athleticism, the grinding. I'm got to be honest, man. I'm looking forward if they ever do fight again, which they probably won't for at least another year or two. No. But these, these two are going to be at the top, man. These two are good, really good. They are good, and uh, I thought it was a close fight. I think I had it even going into the last round. I did, too. You know, I, I thought it was a 48-47, and I had Stotts winning. We had a judge going 50-45. to 45. The worst, if you're going to look at a championship fight, the worst judging as far as being off that far. We had a judge who went 50-45 for Danny Sabatello. Crosby? And you're, and you're looking, yeah. Amazing, he was also on the Jared Gordon, Patty Pimlet fight. So, let's fly him to Vegas so he can screw up a UFC fight too. I love that. I, I think that's fair. <laughs> so, <laughs> why do they keep using him? Hey, you have to talk to commissions. Yeah. Talk to um, jail. <laughs> they don't ruin fucking people's careers, man. It's hey. it's it's annoying when you have someone who's consistently wrong. Consistently. Consistently wrong. You know, Cecil Peoples used to get it wrong, too. Not as much as this guy. No, no. But Cecil Peoples was ingrained in boxing. He would always favor the boxer. Crosby doesn't seem like he understands what the hell's going on. He just basically says, oh, maybe this guy did. Maybe this guy won. (laughs) It's annoying, John. It's really annoying. I want to say a lot more, but I can't because. Yeah, right. I'm not saying more. I'm just saying pretty bad. When you're that yeah. far off of what the other judges see, there's something wrong. It's so. just annoying. Uh, Liz Carmouche. Liz Carmouche against Juliana Velasquez. This was a rematch for the championship fight. Liz had taken the title from Juliana in Hawaii. There was controversy over it and stuff, and she came out and proved, I'm not going to give it any controversy. There's no controversy we, anymore. We, you know, but we <laughs> talked about it, you know, and it was, it was, to me, it was clearly you know apparent that Liz Carmouche was better on the ground than Juliana Velasquez you know before this fight Mm -hmm. and look you have a clear and definitive advantage in a matchup with someone don't get into a stand-up battle with her because in that area she has a clear advantage over you she was able in the first fight to land a lot of clean shots where you were not able to land those clean shots in the same fashion. Go go to what is your strength. And God bless Liz Carmouche for going to what her strength was. You know, she had said in the in the fighter meeting, uh, you know, I'm going to I'm going to do the same thing I did with Watanabe and I was like, "Oh god, no." You know, well, yeah. I understand her after watching her, I understood I understand what she meant. 
And what she meant was, I'm going to get in her face, I'm going to go pressure her, and I'm going to take her down and be all over her. And she was. I thought she did an outstanding job of crushing that space, using, she is physically incredibly strong for a 125-pound woman. You know, obviously a little bit heavier going into the fight, but she is just, I mean, I, I was looking at the two of them when they were matched up, and I was like, Look at the damn physiques on both of them. Look at the yeah. deltoids on Liz Carmouche. I was a little jealous. God damn yes. <laughs> Unbelievable, like... man. You're looking, I'm going, I bet she could fucking deadlift about what I can right now. <laughs> you know, I'm just like, God, she just was, she's so physically strong. And she used it. She did a couple of things in there that were slick, that actually required some strength for someone to actually do it, even though it was great technique. And it was dude she physically overpowered and then the the arm bar she put up you could see once she took her down she got to mount she goes to s mount you look and you go you know she's going after that arm you can see her in the setup you know maybe she want you know she can go towards a triangle but she's going to go after the arm and she did and she did it from the top position and beautifully done that you could tell that arm was stuck that whole time you go man that was just an outstanding performance the best fight i've ever seen her fight as far as smart physically dominant and just made a good fighter look average based upon put her in positions that i'm i'm the i'm the fucking king here and she was and that's why she's the champ congratulations to liz she deserved it yeah juliana she got exposed a little bit on some of her weaknesses Yep, because she was on the national team for judo. They everyone was kind of afraid, like, oh, or just been hearing the buzz that oh, she'll hip toss you, take you down, dominate the top. She's physically strong. Uh, her stand up was really good. She has a beautiful straight left. All of those things. She does have that. Yes, she, she does. does. But what she doesn't do very well is she doesn't fight going backwards very well. Not a lot of people do either. So before yeah. I rag on it, I'm, that's you know, true. But she needs to work on that. On circling and throwing, circling and throwing, and landing, be more accurate with your shots. Um, and she put herself her back to the fence herself several times, and ended up leading the takedowns. Um, there's that, and then off of her back, she needs to learn when to abandon the takedown defense and just fall into a good position. She didn't do that. She fell into mount, or almost into three quarter mount twice, yep. and the last time cost her the fight. And she just worked her way up on the legs. And then also, too, against not letting that your opponent ever collapse your knees together and figure for the legs. Boy. That should be, can't, you can't allow that. If you haven't learned anything from watching my fights from a long time ago, Khabib's fights from, the, you know, just recently, like that is one of the biggest weapons against the fence. Not a lot of guys use it. Because once, Still, your, feet are up in, once your feet are up in the air, you can't get up. Yeah. Yep. You know, and they're not trying to. They, people think, oh, they're just at my ankles. No, no, no. You can't get a mac. You can't get. You can't. You can't get the legs back. No, because you're. You have your back on the cage. Yeah. There's nowhere for you to scoop. Scoot your hips. No. Nope. You've got to actually turn off of the cage, which is doing what? Putting you Can't in the position you don't want to be. Yeah. It's all working against you. Yeah, Liz fought a very smart fight, and uh, I had said at the desk, I said, you know, what I had all I all I had heard. It sounded like she was trying to justify the fact that, you know, the fight should have been stopped the first time. As I'm like, the fight shouldn't have been stopped. I'm not going to no. agree with you on that. But I will agree 
Then you went back to the drawing board. You, you redesigned what you had to do and you came out and dominated. Great Good for job. you. Good yep. for you. Yep. Congratulations on to Liz Carmouche and uh, Juliana. Just back to the drawing board. You know what? Though? We're not done. You'll be back. That's how oh, it yeah. goes. This is the fight game. Uh, next fight. Patchy mix against Magomed Magomedov. You know, this was the, the question of, did Magomed Magomedov decide to try to grapple with Patchy Mix? I thought that going into it, Magomed had the cleaner stand-up. He had a lot more spinning attacks. Uh, a lot of good things that he does in the stand-up. Because he comes from the, you know, the there, there's like two camps from Dagestani fighters. There's the Zabit camp. You know, does a lot of great, you know, stand-up and things. And then there's the Khabib camp, you know, the dominating, you know, grappling and everything. And he comes from the Zabit camp, and, and he's really got some outstanding stand-up, you know, weapons. But some of them you look and you go, I don't know if you want to turn your back with a spinning attack on Patchy Mix. Probably not a really good idea. And I, he didn't. You know, he didn't do those attacks because he looked at it the same way. But, man, you got to be honest. You take a look. Patchy Mix looked good in this fight. You know, he, we have watched him progress from being, he's a, he was a good fighter when he came in. He had the fight with Archuleta where he lost the championship fight after having, being up two rounds to none. Mm -hmm. He lost the last three and uh, it was maturity. It was fight IQ. It was not being prepared the way you need to be prepared for a championship fight because he didn't know. Now he knows. And now he's doing all the things that he should be doing to be that champion. And he has put himself now in the championship fight. And, you know, we, we kind of said it before. You and I were talking. You said, you, you go, who do you, who do you think is the favorite? I said, I, I got to say Patchy Mix is the favorite. Yeah. You said, yeah, that's what I think. I'm like, yeah. yeah. You know, we hadn't said, you know, we, we, had, we didn't talk about it before that. And it was like, right now. He's the most dangerous guy there is out there. And I mean, he might be the most dangerous guy out there. In a lot of people are going to complain. A lot of people are going to say stuff. What are going to complain about, John? But all I can tell you is, look, I know who he trains with. Mm -hmm. I know who doesn't want to train with him after training with him. Yeah. And they all know, dude, don't let Patchy mix. Don't, get a, don't go on the ground with him. He's a different breed. And he now has that Jake Shield system, mm -hmm. and 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 this is, <laughs> you know, you know what Jake was like. Okay, I absolutely Jake was a monster, but he wasn't a great athlete. I grappled four honest. years straight with Jake Shields. Okay, four years straight, I grappled with him. And and what was his system? Come on, it was front headlock, pull you yep. down on top of him if he couldn't shuck you down. He'd pull you down on top of him. He'd hook sweep you. Get to the top position into the three quarter mount. He clear his foot. He go to S mount or he just go high high mount, and just pitter pat you until fucking you gave something up, and then he'd armbar you or turn your back and he'd choke you. Choke you. It was the same shit every yeah. single time. It's a very ask Dan Henderson, very ask everybody. simple basic pattern mm -hmm. and system that he used, and Patchy Mix has now taken that and he's improved it. He's basically, and the reason I'm saying he's improved it is not he's better at it than Jake was. He's more athletic than Jake. He has a, a bigger frame. It's just it's more just Length of his body. Length yep. of his body allows him to get that hook sweep a lot better. Oh, man, is he good with it. Yep. John, he's, 
Look, I, I posted some stuff on Twitter about how he's the best band. He's the best grappler probably in the sport right now. And I mean, there's some other guys that are in there, obviously, but sure. you got Hadolfo Vieira, those things. But his jujitsu doesn't always translate to MMA. We saw that when he lost to uh, well, Fluffy. Off, you, I, I'm going to tell you right now, when you when you say he's the best grappler in the sport, you're saying he's the not the best grappler in the grappling arts that he can go to no. ADCC and beat anyone. You're saying he's the best grappler as far as using his grappling in MMA. Yeah. Adolfo Vieira is a phenomenal jiu-jitsu guy. He doesn't come close to Patchy Mix as far as being able to use his grappling in MMA. He doesn't come close to Charles Oliveira either, just to be fair. No. He doesn't, you know, and that's the thing. Like, you can be 10-time, 11-time, 13-time world champion. That doesn't mean shit because if it doesn't translate to MMA, that's, what, that's, that's the it. sport we're talking about right now. That's right. It doesn't mean shit. Gordon Ryan. Hands down, the best grappler in the world. No doubt about it. Doesn't mean it's going to translate to MMA. Doesn't mean he can do it in an MMA yeah. fight. Now, he could. I'm he not could, saying he yeah, couldn't. We won't know yeah. yet. But, you know, you can't say that because he is that grappler that, oh, it's going to just transfer. It doesn't. No. Some guys it does, and some guys it doesn't. And when I'm having this, when I posted these these uh, tweets about, you know, whatever it is, and I've said this before on the podcast, I believe he's, I believe, I actually know that he is the best Grappler with 135 pounds. Now he, you know, you have some problems with some fighters, obviously, and everyone's going to say, sure. "Oh, you know, Aljo's better than him." Listen, ladies and gentlemen, fight. We don't. I don't come up here and just speak because, like, oh, like I'm going to speak from my my emotions and like I want it to be this way. No, fighters talk. We talk. People that train in in fighters these gyms talk. talk. Trainers definitely talk between each other managers for sure the fuck talk between each other because some managers manage both yeah, but sides they lie. Managers but they lie manage but they manage between both sides yeah. and managers don't lie to the majority of the time don't lie to us yeah. you know like when it comes to like hey what do you think of this guy how good is he is he really legit is he like who is he having problems with the guy but sometimes those managers manage both part both parties so to know like in the, the gym talk the fighter talk the managers talk promotions start to know you want to know how all of this started with Cain Velasquez as well. Cain couldn't get fights on the smaller cards because he, fighters would walk in and they'd be like, "Hey, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna train at AK. Who is that guy? Well, that fighter that was visiting for a week saw Cain beating up Mike Kyle, Paul Bonatello, DC. Who's like he's taking these guys down, destroying them. Had zero fights, zero fights." But was taking Mike Kyle down at will and dominating him. Taking down Paul, Bonate Paul Bonatello at will and dominating him. Like, that's how buzz and words get around. Patchy Mix is no different. All the talk. Everyone's like, yeah, you know, like, yeah. They, some fighters don't want to grapple with him anymore. Because they're like, they hey, don't want to train mean, with him. They don't want to train with him because he's get so frustrated. good on the ground. Frustrated, yeah. frustrated. Which, like, you know, I got a fight coming up. Ever. Learn, what he's, learn what he knows and how he does it and how to stop it. Some guys want some guys want to not kill their self esteem going into fights, so they don't train with certain people. And then afterwards, they may train with them in between fights, you know, to try to figure it. But they don't they don't want to kill their their ego and their confidence in camp. We had several guys at AK that were the same way. So when I'm talking about him being the best grappler at 135 pounds in in MMA, I'm, I'm pretty I'm pretty confident. I'm pretty confident he is. Yeah. I'm pretty confident, and. Like I said, I, I've known Jake Schiltz for a long, long time. 
Long time. I've trained with him straight for four years and then broken up periodically for another two and a half, maybe even three years. He was one of my main grappling partners when I was coming up, when he was coming over to AK. He was there almost every day or every other day he was there. He loved to come train at AK with all the guys that were there. He loved it because he had to deal with the wrestlers from Fitch and Koss and some other guys that were there. And, you know, then he had to deal with Swick with the speed and the hands and all that stuff. I got to know his game very well. And no matter how well I knew it, it was still hard to beat. Still hard. It was very rare that I beat it. He's He was damn good. Damn good. Patchy Mix now is using that body style and that length of his and the ability to latch on. He has a little bit of that Nate Diaz body style for 135 pounds. And look at how Nate utilizes his guillotines, his arm and guillotines, his, his uh, front choke. That's exactly what you saw out of Patchy Mix this time. He gathered the legs. Of Magomed Magomedov. He went for the Armand guillotine. Couldn't get it quite. Magomed started to defend. Pull and uh sorry, he went for the guillotine first. Magomed started to defend, put the arm inside. He let it go and readjusted and then pushed on. What was the what was the kid from the ultimate fighter? Cody something that used to have that where he'd push oh, up into the back yeah. of the wrist. Well, he was on the was ultimate Cody. fighter. Uh, Cody McKenzie. Cody McKenzie. He was the first guy to start doing that choke. Was that little sneaky where you push into the other side with the you know with the grip? And he caught, was, he caught GSP in practice. <laughs> GSP did he like, really? How do, you, how do you do that? Oh yeah. <laughs> hey, he was good. He was. He, you know, he they, was. again, certain guys have a technique that they're so good at. Yeah. That if you don't know going in and you just put your head in a normal place that normally you're safe, and they're able to, <laughs> he caught when he's. You got to show me that. <laughs> yep. Yeah. It was impressive. He was, he was great with it. It was impressive with it. And then people figured it out and. It was all downhill from there. Yeah. Um, but but Patchy Mix is the real deal. And I think right now he's the odds on favorite to win this thing. And I know that Stotts has got to win over Magomed. I know that Stotts has got to win over Danny. He's gonna have to be able to stop Patchy from getting him on his getting on his head. Yeah. And I he's gonna have and here's the way he beat Juan Archuleta's with the head kick, the way he beat certain guys, you know, with the combinations. He's going to have to reach and leave himself out of position because Sot's not a tall, long guy. He's going to have to reach to to hit Patchy in the head. He's going to have to throw that head kick, which will potentially get you taken down or you'll slip and fall if you try to make contact up that high. He catches it with his hand and lifts and you lose your balance. There's so many things. Now, he could beat up the calf. He could do a little bit of that Jan Blahovich too and kick the inside you know, on, on that bone. He could do all those things because when you're that tall, you're you're kind of skinny. <laughs> so you could have all those, you could have all those things, but patchy mix to me, John is, he has really evolved after that one. He's lost. He's yep. coming to his own, the confidence. I don't know if it's his girlfriend that did it for him, but yeah, he a lot of it. seems a really focused and she is just, she's been, you can tell from the fighter means the conversations with her, she's been his number one support mechanism. And it's really come through, I think for him and, I'm happy for him, man, because he is nasty. He's nasty. Yep, he is savage. Looking forward to seeing how he how he does in that. In that All right, we had Dalton Rasta against Anthony Adams. Look, Dalton Rasta, he's a monster as far as uh, just overall. He's got good stand-up, good wrestling. He's got a submission game. Anthony Adams is a problem for everyone in the fact that he's awkward. You know, he's actually smooth. Mm-hmm. in his awkwardness which is it's a it's a it's a it's a tough you know egg to crack man it, it's not an easy thing dalton 
was trying to figure things out throughout the fight. You know, it was a clean decision win, no doubt about it, but he was never able to get to the the heavy shots that he was wanting to land. Anthony's very good at, you know, being a defensive fighter and coming back at you. I enjoy watching Anthony Adams fight. I think he's fun to watch, but uh, yeah. Dalton definitely <clears throat> deserved the win on that one. You know what I saw, though, John, was that Anthony Adams' slick little footwork Switches mm-hmm. stances very well. Boy, a lot. Never, never loads up. Nope. And that's what makes him hard to fight. Is when you have someone that doesn't load up, their tell is when they load, when they sit, when they sit back on their back foot, or when they, when they bring their hand away from their face. You know, that's called loading up. Well, he doesn't do that. He just goes pop, 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 and just touches you. It's enough to yep. frustrate you. It's just like boom, boom, and everywhere you move, he switches, and then he cuts the cage off. He's he was I. I didn't give him as much credit as he deserved coming in this fight. He deserves a lot of credit. The kid's good. Oh, he was yeah. very impressive. And uh, he had a long layoff, too. Coming back really, and looking the way he looked was impressive. I really thought going into it, you know, that uh, especially when you watch Dalton against Romero Cotton, who you know is super mm-hmm. strong, has power, and Dalton walked through a lot of Romero's shots. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Anthony doesn't have enough power. To make Dalton respect him. And it was. I was right. He doesn't have enough power. But he was awkward enough to where Dalton wasn't sure where things were coming from. Because Mm -hmm. he doesn't just. You know. He doesn't load up. He doesn't hit hard. But he does touch you. And when Dalton couldn't figure out where they were coming from. It slowed him down. And and that just. That gives credit to the, the fighter that Anthony Adams is. Like it, it was a loss for Anthony, but <clears throat> good win for Dalton. But I, I look forward to seeing Adams again. He's a, he's a good fighter. This was the night of the underdogs. I mean, outside yeah. of Adams, Adams was the underdogs. I know that, but I mean, a lot of the underdogs ended up winning. To, you know, Hell, on this card. Are you kidding? All the impressive. way down, and yeah, I think in the in the prelims, people in the blue corner. I think they won most of the fights. Yeah, I think Kai won, but then Eccles and all these other guys, Lincion, they're all underdogs. Jalil Wills, underdog. Uh, Jawani, underdog. So, um, Alara, Alara Jawani versus Denise Kilholtz. Denise just couldn't find the range. She was having a hard time on the, in, in finding that range. And then Jawani just being able to uh, come out and slang back with her and then mixed in a little bit of the, of the other stuff as well. This was a fun fight. Fun fight. Did you have it be in a split, though? I, I looked at that fight. I thought Denise Kilholtz won. Oh, did you? Yeah. Joanne okay. missed so yeah, she often. Did. She so did. So often. You know, she, she landed some, but she was getting put off balance. She got put on her butt. She, where did she Where did she uh, yeah. knock Denise Kilholtz down? Look, they were slinging at times, but Denise was getting the cleaner shots in. Now, Joanne was tough. But I had it as a 29-28 for Kilholtz. Got it. Got it. Good fight, Kyle though. Kyle Crutchmer against Jaleel Willis. This was a surprise to me. In that, well, what what the surprise was for me is Jaleel Willis has come out in, uh, in his last two fights. People were able to take him down. And when they took him down, they were able to, you know, submit him. And I looked at Crutchmer. He's a better wrestler. Now, I thought Jaleel Willis is better in the stand-up. But I thought if those guys could take Jaleel down, Crutchmer's going to end up getting there. He was never able to get Jaleel Willis to the ground. When I saw Jaleel at the weigh-ins, 
I was like, holy shit. You've you completely abandoned making 55. Yes. John, he's enormous right now. Dude, he made Crespo look small at once. He, yeah, he did. He did. He did. And then on top of that, though, he goes, <clears throat> what I love, too, is he's like, hey, he's like, he's like, and I'm all natural. He's like, make sure that everyone knows that I'm all natural, man. This is nothing but hard work. He's like, I've been working on this for a while. He's like, and I feel really good. So, um, well, he also changed up and went somewhere to get better. He looked fantastic. That whole yes, fight he looked did. good. He looked the whole great. Fight. He was quick on the takedown defense, and on top of the takedown defense, he was good to, able to make space, make make Kyle pay. Yep. Kyle's got to work on when you get into the over under, looking on work breaking the balance in terms of foot sweeps, tripping the leg. Even if you don't get the takedown, yeah, get it's it. something Still to potentially get them to make him have to realize, make them react. Yeah. Just wasn't able to do it, and you could tell Kyle got in. Kyle's my boy, man. Uh, trains yep. at AK. He just got into a groove of okay. If I can't get you down, I'm just gonna hang out here in the over under. Can't do that. Nope. So it's uh it's upsetting. It's frustrating, but it's a lesson. You know, he's yeah. Kyle's got two losses now, but it's uh and the first loss I actually had him win in that fight. He shouldn't have lost I had that him, fight. I had him win in that fight. Yeah, I had him win in that fight. fight against so. uh Kimrock. Yep. I had I had Kyle win in that off, fight, right? But this yeah, one he, he won. Yeah, but this one he, he lost. lost. No, he definitely lost. Yeah, he he didn't he didn't win one second of that fight. Nope. You know, and uh it was it was a good performance by Jalil Willis. Good for him. Uh, Lincioni versus Cody Law. This is another one of those fights that we talked about. Sunshine. Yeah, sunshine. Just big. <laughs> just a big guy. And just so relaxed and casual about it. Relax. Come yeah. on. You, you take a look. No, I'm, I'm Chris, I kind of picked you. I said that you're the, you're the dark horse as far as fights. This is one you could definitely win. Mm-hmm. This is a good fight for you. Cody Law is a good wrestler. On the ground, I thought Chris could create problems for him. Chris, put your goddamn hands up. Don't put your hand behind your hip. <laughs> the hell was that? John, let him be. He's oh, he was talking the whole time, man. Yeah. Which you know can actually it does it can have an effect on you. Yeah. And man, he was so relaxing. You can see he he kind of got to Cody Law a little bit with the talk. But this was the this is and this comes down to the same thing that we had in the main event. You can wrestle. But you got to do damage. When you got a guy who is a good submission fighter and he is putting, he's either putting submissions on you or he's hitting you and you're holding, you got to realize if I'm holding, I'm losing. I've got to do damage. And that's what happened in this fight with Cody Law. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's what it came down to. But I also talked to Lencioni after and I said, hey, get up, dude. What are you doing? (laughs) Like he was, he was comfortable just holding that figure four body lock. If you're a young fighter and you guys are holding that figure, get rid of that trash. Get rid of it. It's garbage. He's like, yeah, but I could feel him going. Oh, he's like, it was hurting him. Okay, but the judges don't care about that. Yeah. Like you're, like you're not sucking the wind out good. of him. Yeah, it's not, it's not enough. It's not enough to really do it. And the guy's gonna be able to hold his breath. Sure, maybe you're hurting him a little bit. He'll be fine. Okay, and it just it was one of those that could potentially cost you the fight to do something where you're just squeezing him. I used to do that shit to my little brother all the time. He was just fine. He's still just fine. Okay. It's, Next thing you know, like, they're gonna be doing the, the scissor lock with their legs yeah. straight up in the air. It's like that works against kids. Mm-hmm. It doesn't work yep. against fighters. I agree. Way. 
I agree. Uh, good win for Lencioni, though. But then let's yep. talk about this guy right here. Oh, you talk about coming in. It's, the, it's funny because you know I watched Christian Eccles fight. He won both of his fight by submission. But the one thing Ooh. that I saw when I watched him fight was, I go, dude, that dude is cock strong. He is just a bull. Now he throws when you and, and watching him when he's he threw a lot of winging shots, kind of you know brawling style. And that's what he did against Pat Downey. And that's why it worked because, man, he hit him with an uppercut from hell. Pat Downey started that fight, gets that front headlock, and it's a front headlock position from wrestling. And he grabs hold of it. Dave Schultz used to use that thing to you know, turn guys onto their back all the time. He would actually choke them to the point they were unconscious mm -hmm. and flip them on their back and, and, and get his pin. Pat Downey went after Christian Eggles. He squeezed so hard that you looked and you said, he just, he's tired. He's breathing heavy. And as soon as he was breathing heavy and shots were coming at him, he resorted back to, I don't know how to fight yet. Look, you can beat people up at the bars all you want. And people in your wrestling room, you can beat them up too probably because you can have a little yep. bit more strike, you know, but, or you're a bitch bigger than them. You can out-wrestle them, all those wrestling. things. But like I said earlier about jiu-jitsu, doesn't matter how good you are in the ADCCs and all those things. When punches are being thrown in your face, changes the way you train your jiu-jitsu, the way you apply your jiu-jitsu. Same thing goes for wrestling. As you start getting hit in the face, your wrestling is not the same type of wrestling. So what we saw was I saw somebody that thought he was going to come in and just dominate. Yep, walk through somebody. And walk through somebody when the choke and the front headlock didn't work. <sighs> There was, there was that, else to go. There was that uh-oh moment. Mm -hmm. You can see it. And if you can see it and I can see it, your opponent can see it. I think I said this on the Did I say this on the morning combat show we did with them or did I say it on our show? I said, "What's the difference between Bo Nickel and Pat Downey?" Yeah, that was morning combat. Yeah. Well, we just figured it out. <laughs> so, you know, it's funny cuz you look and you say, "Look, Pat Downey had us a ton of credentials from wrestling." And, you know, the, the, the big difference is Bo Nickel, he's a better prospect, has to be. That's why Dan Lambert opened up a place up in College Station there. Bo Nickel has been training MMA for a long time. And Bo Nickel, let's, I'm going to be honest when I say this, he's the more dedicated athlete than Pat yep. Downey is. Absolutely. And that's the difference. You know, when you say, what was the difference? If I was answering, Bo Nickel is a dedicated athlete. Pat Downey is an athlete. Mm -hmm. this, isn't it sad, though, John? Like when you have somebody with that much potential, that much talent, that much ability. How many guys have been there? It. Yeah, I know. How many guys have you seen? Come on, Josh. How many people have you seen in the gym that nobody knows that you look at and you go, holy shit, yeah. this dude is unbelievable, but they never make it. They this never wish, even man. get to it. They never even get to one fight at times. And you go, all that talent. You are yeah. so talented. You're so good. And you just throw it all away because your, uh, your dedication or your interest lies somewhere else that is not productive. And you never become what you could have been. Yeah. There was a kid that, I remember they did like a tap, I think Tap Out did a thing on him. His name was Matt Majors, who's out of AK. <laughs> you remember him? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I know Matt Major. He made me famous. 
<laughs> oh, why is that? Jesus. You whipped my ass. I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> he, um, yeah, had a lot of talent, man. Came into AKA and was like, was doing crazy shit, right? Flying knees at people and stuff. And we're like, hey, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, we're not doing this. We're not doing this. Yeah, yeah, We're not doing this. But um, but he was good. He was talented. But what a head case. Just the guy that just never lived up to the potential that he could have had. I mean, yeah, I think, you know, and then he just kind of disappeared. I know he was homeless for a while after all that, but he got a lot of press for a while and then just started going through some mental stuff and, was never the same. He did jail time for a bit after that, all that as did well. He? Jeez, yeah. Jeez. Oh yeah. Shitty situation. Shitty situation. Kai Kamaka versus uh, Kevin. Ba- How do you say his name? Boom. Bame. 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 Yep. Uh, Kai looked good. He looked really good. He looked clean. He looked good. I'd like to have seen him get off a little earlier because he was having target practice earlier in the fight. Could have potentially have got him out of there a little bit sooner. But man, Bame is tough. Bame is a tough guy. He's tough. It's one of those ones I knew going into this fight. I looked and I go, look, Kai Kamaka's got the speed. He's got the he's really has an actual advantage in the wrestling and the grappling portion. Stand up, I think he's got it. But he's gonna have to have it in his mind. Just keep touching him, just keep touching mm-hmm. him, just keep touching him. Don't get frustrated because Bame is that guy that you look at, you know, and I I know this is not nice to say. He's that redheaded ginger that was at mm-hmm. school that never, you know, people would you know make fun of and then you know get in a fight and they he never stopped and he ended up whipping their ass. That's Bame. <laughs> He's just a uh, tough dude. He took big shots. His legs got eaten up by Kai Kamaka. Yeah, that front leg of his got just torched, and uh, Kai did a great job of just being relaxed, settling in. And I'm just going to keep going after you and touching you. He's showing, you know, Kai has gotten into those, a couple of fights where you look at and you go, what in the hell are you doing, son? You're not fighting smart. Well, sometimes didn't pull the trigger. Yeah. Was just coasting through. No, no. What we saw was he needed to get those guys out of there because he has all the ability. Yep. He does. Got all the ability. So. Yep. All right. Mike Lombardo, big knockout against Mark Lemmiger looked good. Mike Lombardo is, he's a good fighter. You know, watching him in his his first fight uh, in Bellator, and now this is his second, he's the real deal. The guy can fight. You got to give him credit. Cass Bell got a very nice win against Jared Scoggins, but man, did not fight a smart fight, in my opinion. No. Should have been taking that fight to the ground much, mm-hmm. much sooner. You had, a, you had an advantage there. You almost let someone take something from you. Yeah. Yeah. All right, well, that's going to wrap up our Bellator talk. Let's get into some news. Go podcast, Dave. All right. Well, clearly a good weekend of fights because uh, we are hitting the one-hour 45-minute mark right mm-hmm. here. So with that, um, John or Josh, do either of you guys want to touch on Cyborg's performance last night? I know that um, you may have missed it just due to the fact that UFC was on. Yeah. Um, I can run a little bit of the fight here. Yeah, well, let's run this. I saw a yeah. little bit of this. Um, but I just figured I'd... I'd drop it in somewhere just so you can kind of get a, get a feel for the action um on cyborg and um gabriel <clears throat> i mean this was cyborg's second yeah second cyborg just doing what cyborg does just marching people down popping the jab you know and then trying to figure out how to throw the, the one two down the pipe i mean she's 
she's a talented, talented fighter. You know, I know, I know that her and I got into a little scuffle up over some stuff, and <laughs> it's, it's the bottom line is it's the weight class. It's not her. I, I have nothing. I obviously have nothing against her. I really like her. Um, it's just the weight class. The weight class is the weight class is disappearing. Um, you know, the PFL is pretty much getting rid of their 155. I mean, I don't know what they're gonna do if it's gonna be at 145. They're going to one. Bellator's Bellator's got three, three or four top girls at one forty-five. The UFC just has one. That's Amanda. Um, I, I don't even know if they even have that weight class anymore. You know, well, so it's they do. So when I'm, they have Amanda. <laughs> the Amanda. only reason they're keeping it is because yeah. of Amanda. And my point is, is that like I have nothing against Chris. I think she's a phenomenal fighter. She's uh, she's she's a legend for sure. I mean, she's yeah. still doing it after all these years. And she's and she is normally a sweet person. She normally is. I know she got a little tiff on me and I don't know if it was her or her boy that sent uh sent some some DMs to me talking trash, but hey, it is what it is, man. Take it like a man. It is what it is. Like the one, one boxing might ever... be her thing. No. Let's just be honest. Yeah, and, and I'm not saying that in a negative fashion as far as her, her ability. It's that She's not going to make near as much money. She, she's she's one of the few in MMA that has reached that point. She makes big money in MMA, mm -hmm. and she's not she's not going to get that kind of big money in boxing unless she fought someone like a Katie Taylor, mm -hmm. and that they're at different weight classes. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a that's just not going to happen. So I look and it's like. I give her, you know, nothing but credit for going and and she's competed with the very best in kickboxing. She's competed with the very best in MMA. She has not competed with the very best in boxing, but you know, she's going in there and and she's putting on good performances. Gabby Holloway, very tough uh lady who like she's hard. no one gets rid of Gabby. That's just she comes, she fights, she's got a hell of a chin, she'll take shots and she'll just stand there in front of you and just keep coming. So I didn't expect. I figured it would go the distance. It ended up going the distance. She got a unanimous decision win, but you know all of this is based upon you know and and see this is the stuff we don't we don't break these stories and the things that we know, but there's a reason right now why Chris is boxing, mm -hmm. and I'm not going to say what the what the reason is, but you know it's not that she doesn't want to fight MMA, just right now she's got to wait till the end of the year before she fights it starts fighting MMA. And that's coming. This is December. So she's going to come back to the, the world of MMA. But this was her way to stay busy and to maintain, you know, her, you know, just fight feel. You know, she took on two boxing matches and good for her. She got two wins. So she's a yeah. great, she, she's a great fighter. She's a great person. I love her. Okay, next. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Like, <sighs> This one is now being confirmed by the UFC via Instagram that last night at the presser, Dana confirmed that the Brazil card will see Glover versus Jamahal Hill for the vacant light heavyweight title. So that is immediately excuse, excuse following. Me, can you, could you please just say nope, that name nope, one more time? Nope. <laughs> I don't want to hear shit about saying that. Did no. you say Jamahal? 
Jamal. Hey, hey, he said Jamal. Jamal. I want to give. I want to give that guy's name every letter. I want to. I want to. I want to. That guy deserves every vowel. He's now in place for the title shot. Jamal. He deserves every letter in his name. Every letter in his name deserves pronunciation. Jamal. I just want to say, Jamal Hill. I apologize. I apologize for podcast Dave that he cannot say your name correctly. Well, I said it correctly. I pronounced every single letter and word. How do you say how do you say Glover's last name there? Come on, every letter say it. Taishiariara. You're killing me, Dave. You're great, buddy. You're great. I know how you say Glover Teixeira. Don't don't worry. No, we know you know how to say it. Yeah, look, I I think that's a that's a fight where, you know, let's just be honest. Glover can't stay in the stand up with Jamal or Jamahal Hill. <laughs> <laughs> he can't do it. <laughs> he, you know, Jamal Hill's got too much power in his hands. He's too fast. He's long. It's going to be tough for uh, Glover to cover that distance. But if the fight hits the ground, Jamal Hill doesn't have a ground game to stay with Glover Teixeira. So can Glover get him down? I don't know. You know, let's just be honest. Yeah. You know, this is it is the question of the day when you look at this fight. But I, you know, I, after you had the Ankalaev versus Blahovich fight, I understand. You know, you know, they were talking about you got to redo it. I don't know that you have to redo it, and I think Dana kind of looked at it the same way. Is like, well, you know, am I going to redo it, or am I going to go in a different direction? I think I'm going to go in a different direction, and that's what he did. Good for him. Yeah, Dana will give a fuck. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> these guys are still in the back getting stitched up and putting ice on their shins, and fucking Dana's announcing the next title shot in their weight class they just fought for. Yep. Yeah, he don't. He they don't just give got a, a drawing. Yeah, he don't give a shit. He's like, I need a champion, man. Can't market these pay per views. All these pay per views without a champion. I need a champion. So that, that when they went to that yeah. damn draw, it was like, you, you and I both were like, oh, it's kind of oh, like the uh, like, old lightweight tournament. The old lightweight <laughs> tournament. And yep. Dana was not happy about that one either. Nope. Everybody <laughs> got rid of the weight class after that. They were like, yeah, yeah. fuck this weight class. <laughs> all right, next. Uh, all right, we'll probably wrap up in this one here. John wanted to give some uh, praise to his boy, oh, yeah. <laughs> Mark Goddard here. So I'll let John um, I'll let John jump in here. Well, I was going to talk about Dana winning the leading man and green card girl of the year, Brittany Palmer. Congratulations. You won. <laughs> At the fighters only. Now you got to give it up for uh, Mark Goddard. Ended up winning the referee of the year. He definitely deserves that. He has been fighting very well. That's a good looking shirt right That's there, baby. Look at the look at the mug on that. <laughs> oh lord! Uh, you tried to age me on that, you fuck. That's just wrong. I actually wasn't. I didn't have that much gray hair back when I actually did that podcast. <laughs> See, I'm gonna start coloring your uh, shit in, man. I'm gonna make you, I'm gonna make you look like fucking Bob Barker. I have I, <laughs> I've had this shirt for a while since you did the dentist photo when uh, I had the I sent the picture to you, the dentist. Yeah, but, but the dentist I, thing is real. Yeah, yeah. This, this <laughs> is pretty close. This is pretty close. Uh, you lie. <laughs> Doesn't bother me in the least. I love it. I'm glad you got me on that, your chest, baby. I know. I know. That's Someone's gonna carry you around. <laughs> 
while, while we're on that real quick uh john you sent me a text earlier i never saw it um until actually we started recording but you sent me a text with a video of like this little thing Did, is that something you wanted to point out in the show yeah we're gonna say yeah. something about that okay. real quick because right. i was able to meet two guys here in tennessee that do unbelievable oh. work yes for metal work as far as cnc machine work and stuff and they made this for me this weighing in plaque which is right here Whoa. i didn't want to show anything until look how thick that sucker is boom look at that bad That's boy she that said. is fantastic well she could have it's girthy and yeah. so i mean it, i i liked it so much that if you look back there on josh's there it I is had, right below I that belt that's heavy. I had them make Josh one too, and they actually personalized it to Josh the Punk Thompson. So I want to give a shout out to those guys. He, they're here in Tennessee. Josh, I gave you the uh, the Instagram. Instagram. If people it's, want to get something made for their yep. Jeep or anything, they make some freaking phenomenal stuff. Yeah. So the Instagram is PK Customs, but with the Z at the end. So it's PKCUS. T O M Z one. So PK customs one on Instagram. Check them out. They do like side railings for Jeeps. They do the, they did, what was it called? The, uh, what is that it? Front, the pulley, front rail the pulley for in the, the front? cable thing. Yep. I yep. actually got one of those for my wife's Jeep. They did our stuff. And then, uh, they do a bunch of different stuff, man. It's really cool. Check out their, their Instagram, hit them up and see if there's something you want done for your Jeep, your truck, your just anything. They'll do anything. So it was, uh, it was pretty impressive, man. Some of their stuff. So check them out. I want to thank them too. Thank you so much for the uh, Wayne and Placard. I love it, and uh, I'm glad I got some um, some furniture that's strong enough to hold that thing up. It's pretty heavy. When I picked it up, <laughs> I told my... you. Said, I said, "Hey, I got something coming for you." I said, "A little heavy though." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it got delivered. It got delivered, and the whole box was like torn to shits because I think because it was so heavy, it had padding and everything in it, but it was all torn up. So, but uh, I opened God it. I was like, post "Oh office. hell yeah." Hell yeah. yeah, baby! You didn't even see the, so, the the personalization on the side until I told. you. I didn't see it at first. No, I didn't Looking see it. At awesome, first. man! I want to thank you guys. Do guys. really quality work, though, man. So, yeah. just want to give a shout out to them. If you were looking for something, man, look them up. They do great work. And go to waydaymerch.com. Pick up some of our merch. Take a picture of yourself wearing it. There you go. John's got one on. Uh, Dave, oh, Dave, why don't you show your pretty one there? You got a shirt Come on, on, right, Dave? Dave? Come on, Dave. Turn that camera yes. on. Let's let's everyone show let's let's show everyone your hair. Oh, he's got a full head of hair this time, and he's got really bad Wi-Fi, so he can't really see. Very bad. He's got the he's, move he's your move that. your mic out of the way. Let everyone see your your shirt. Texas Wi-Fi. There it is. Not there it is. Looking oh. good. You guys look at matching little twinsies. Show. How cute twinsies. Uh, do you guys <laughs> us? You guys sleep over each other's houses, and then someone just rolled over and said, "Hey, are you gonna wear mine, <laughs> Josh." <laughs> Oh, uh, John's like, I'm going to kill you, you Josh. You, <laughs> you, you want me so close to you, you're wearing me on your chest, baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, because, I mean, I have to tell my kids, this is Santa. <laughs> this is Santa. He's, you know, he's making his list right now. He's talking to the elves right now. That's it. We're All right, guys. Same damn age. I love it. Yeah. Hopefully you guys enjoyed this show. Look, I came a little low energy today. I'm fucking tired. I've been tired. Uh, uh, I don't want to hear the it. Traveling. It's five. It was four thirty when I got up, man. Five a.m. for me to film here. You guys get to sleep in till nine o'clock. Excuse me. 
I know. Excuse you me. You I was up until two in the morning were, watching the fights. He was not. I was not. <laughs> I was you, you was not. You was not. <laughs> All right, guys. We really enjoy your guys' support. Please hit that uh, bell as well as the thumbs up and uh, subscribe to our channel, man. And uh, we've got some more of the content. Go to our descriptions down below, and there is a link to our shorts channel. Hit that, and uh, we've got some special clips that will be going there. And um, uh, hopefully you guys enjoy it. John, take yep. us away, bud. For everyone out there, we hope you enjoyed the fights like we did. Tune in for our next show because it's going to be incredible. I got some surprises. Maybe. <laughs> we will see you. Bye-bye.